Ladies and gentlemen, another slew of close action-packed games yesterday, and it is time for In the Huddle, baby. Episode 69, my favorite part of the damn week is to cook it up with these fellas right here. I am Kenny C. My co-hosts, per usual, are The Real Lil, Zach Crow, and Cam Jones, baby. How we doing, fellas? Listen, hey, man. man. What, what a week. What a week. I'm sorry I had to cut in. You know, I'm just so excited right now because – we had a great week of football. Week seven, I mean, games from start to finish was unbelievable. It got to the point where, like, if somebody wanted to rob my house or intrude my house, I would have been like, yo, brother, you want to watch the game? My brother, I got to, you know, I pour you a glass, not me. Get you a little snack, watch the game. And then after, it would have been like the Goodfellas. I would have been like, so you trying to bicker to my home, man? Let's say you trying to bicker to my house. You know what I'm saying? That's what it would have been. But we capped it off with a great um, Sunday night football game. Game of the year. And listen, I'm just so excited and I'm ready to talk about it today on In the Huddle. Hey, man. Just want to say thank you guys for having me on for episode 69. As always, it's an honor and a pleasure. Yesterday, week seven was the best week of football that I've seen in a while. Um, just want to say a, a, lot of, a lot of notable games, a lot of notable losses, key injuries happened. But overall, it was a great, a great freaking Sunday yesterday, John, man. But I can't wait to talk some football with you guys tonight. Let's get it. Yeah, I think for me as a whole, just watching football this weekend, it was just great uh, going all around the all around schedule in both college and the NFL. I'm sure you guys saw the crazy ending between Penn State and Indiana. I don't know if he was in on the two-point conversion or not, but it was just crazy, you know, that that mayhem continued all the way to Sunday as we had some crazy games uh, last night as well. And I'm really looking forward to talking about it with you guys today. Fellas, let's get down to business. The first topic here is the most prevalent one to talk about, and that was the shootout that was Sunday Night Football. The Arizona Cardinals defeated the undefeated Seattle Seahawks 37-34 to in overtime, leaving only the Steelers that are the last undefeated team in the league. Fellas, let's start with a takeaway from this game. Zach, kick us off. I think for me it would be – the Arizona Cardinals defense makes them a, a playoff team and possibly more and maybe even a legitimate contender in the NFC. And I'll tell you why. If you look at the NFC, there are only three teams, I think, that really play defense. That's Tampa Bay, Arizona, and the Rams. Besides those three teams, I don't really love that many defenses in the NFC. The Bears. I mean, yeah, but when, okay, when you consider the quarterback as well. Like, I don't consider the Bears, like – anywhere near, you know, the threat just because of uh, their quarterback. But I think when you look at Arizona, I love the combination of their quarterback and their defense. And even though you're going to look at the box score uh, last night and you say, all right, Seattle put up 34 points. How are you going to say Arizona's defense is so good? I was just so impressed with the way they forced Russell Wilson, the MVP of the league, to just make mistakes. He threw two uh, interceptions in the red zone through the other big one in overtime to Isaiah Simmons. It was a phenomenal play, and you just don't see a player like Russell Wilson do that. You also saw Kyler Murray take a real step forward in his game. I love Kyler, but I've never seen him complete a comeback like that even against a not-so-great defense like Seattle. And the reason why I give Arizona a legitimate shot in the NFC is, once again, they play defense. And with their quarterback, I love how uh, well-rounded their team is. Um, I would say this. Zach, I think you, you made a good point in regards to um, the Cardinals' defense because even though they gave up over 30 points, they gave up 31 points, a lot of those throws were just Russell magic. It was defended well. Patrick Peterson defended – um, DK Metcalf, I mean, Tyler Lockett well. 
and there were some throws that he made where Tyler Lockett had a one-handed catch and a catch in the back of the end zone where it was perfectly defended, and he was able to drag his feet in, and the arc on that ball was, was placed perfectly. So at sometimes you can play good defense, but it's just better offense, and that's just what it was. But my biggest takeaway from this game is that it's on the other side of the football. Seattle's defense, if they, if they have any hopes of trying to win a Super Bowl, that defense better step up. Or you can kiss that Super Bowl goodbye because the Cardinals put up 519 yards well, on that defense. Well, I just have a quick question for you. So I know like why you're saying that, but for me at least, and I don't know if you're on the same way, going into the game, I kind of knew that about Seattle's defense. Is that they're I kind of knew already they're not very good. I think Yeah, I mean, from- I, I knew that I knew that too, but it's just that you know, you they made enough plays in previous games to at least get that W. You saw them make a couple plays to get the W, you know, the, you know, have certain stands at the end for them to win along with Russell Wilson working out his magic. In this case, they didn't make enough plays. They, they didn't sack the quarterback at all. They didn't sack the quarterback not one time in this game. Kyler Murray had all day to sit in that pocket, count his taxes, and throw the football, literally. So that's my biggest takeaway. When you think about the drives, Arizona drives, they had a nine play for 75 yards and a touchdown in the quarter number one. Six plays for 75 yards and a touchdown in the second quarter. 12 plays for 93 yards and a touchdown in the third. And then that 14-play, 75-yard drive, bringing it within three in the fourth quarter. And obviously that game um, tie-in drive where they scored the touchdown, couldn't stop a nosebleed. Seattle defense has to play better if they want to win the Super Bowl. Oh man, Lil, I Lil's, I couldn't agree with you guys even more. Uh, for me, my, b- my biggest takeaway was, you know, DK Metcalf only being held to two catches for twenty three for twenty three yards yesterday. I was shocked, honestly, because you know the last few games he's been playing good. You feel me? But I didn't expect that Arizona secondary to you know slow him down yesterday, which was shocking. I mean, he could have made the game winning touchdown um, in, in overtime, but unfortunately, it got called back due to a holding penalty. But th- but that right there was like my biggest takeaway. I just thought DK would have had a monster game against the Arizona secondary, but unfortunately, he did it. Yeah, and I'm going to actually piggyback off of Zach's take. I honestly think that after last night, the Cardinals proved that they can not only hang tough in this division and potentially come away with it, but they can potentially be a real true contender in the NFC as a whole. And my main focal point is the fact that Kyler Murray has developed himself into a true leader. Had a complete bounce back game after last week's decent performance, but this week, he blew that away. And I'm not even just looking at the stats with the 360 yards, near-perfect completion percentage, and three touchdowns. I'm looking at the fact that he had three key drives in which he looked completely composed and poised in the pocket. First one was at the end of the half with literally like 50 seconds, able to drive them down the field and have Zane Gonzalez hit the 49-yarder. Then to force overtime in the fourth quarter, drove them down the field again. And then in overtime, even after his kicker misses the game winner, defense comes up big, obviously, with Isaiah Simmons. But again, with just about a minute in that one-minute drill, Kyler Murray leads them down the field, works the sidelines, and they're able to hit the game winner. My takeaway is that Kyler Murray is the real deal and keeps these guys in the game every week. I would say, too, um, even though I just basically tore apart that Seattle secondary, (laughs) I, I gotta give some credit to the other side now with the Cardinals, like how Zach and Kenny C is doing, because Coach K- Cliff Kingsbury ran a, a lot of good plays in that game. When you think about um, Isabella, his speed 
it just takes the defense away. So basically, when he was going down the field, his speed drew defense, the secondary in, allowing space in the open field for guys like Christian Kirk to catch, you know, balls in a, in a slant route and just opening up the football field. So it takes a lot of pressure, and it makes it harder for the Seattle defense, obviously, to stop to stop it. And obviously, you, you had Larry Fitzgerald, the veteran guy, getting the football in, the, in that serious matter. You see a lot of times when you see um, game-winning drives, a lot of guys be so lackadaisical when they need to be, you know, hurrying up and spiking the ball. You see Larry Fitzgerald go and make sure he gets his center the football so he can spike it to allow, a, a, you know, a field goal. So, listen, Arizona is a team that you do not want to underestimate. Kyler Murray basically outdoed Seattle um, in the desert. And they 2-0 against rival opponents going into a bye. Watch out. Ooh. Yeah, well, well, before we wrap this up, one other thing I want to say um, about Arizona, Kyler Murray, and just the whole, whole look of their team, I think they're very well-rounded also in the sense that, like, they have a lot of different guys that do different things well. They have a quarterback in Kyler Murray that, as Kenny C said, has really been developing as a leader and is super dynamic. This kid, Chase Edmonds, I know Kenny and Drake got hurt, but Chase Edmonds looks like the best back on the Cardinals anyway. Hopkins had a great game yesterday. Kirk looks really good. As you said, Will, Larry Fitzgerald was Larry a big Fitz. part of them. Yeah, he was a huge part of them winning the game yesterday, uh, getting the uh, ball to the official as soon as possible. And then on defense, Chandler Jones is hurt. I get it. But, but Buda Baker, I mean, my God, that guy is just an absolute stud. And also, Cliff Kingsbury – it's funny because Will's right in the sense that, you know, he called a great game, I think. I think I really like the, you know, the balance of plays he set up. I think Arizona will be fine at coach as long as Cliff Kingsbury learns how to manage the clock. If I was an Arizona Cardinal fan, I would still be furious about the way he almost cost that team the game in overtime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that it really, oh, yeah. that it really. Definitely. And yeah. I think, you know, as a young coach, um, when you experience stuff like that, I think that will come. That will come along. I think that would come along. I guess, but that's like, I don't know, man. Like, I know. I, I, I feel you. I, I 100% agree. And my one more takeaway from this game, DK Metcalf is fast, guys. Like, you just saw how he chased down Buda Baker. So I'm like, <laughs> what a play. <laughs> oh, what a play. I don't even know if you Usain Bolt could have did that, but. 22 miles an hour, too. <laughs> wow. Crazy. But, fellas, the next topic here is – which of these two teams should we meet? Should we be most disappointed in the two and five Cowboys or the two and five Patriots? Cam, take us away. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I'm more disappointed in the two and five Cowboys solely because you know the expectations for this season were really high. You know, of course, you know Dak Prescott wanted that um, big contract extension, um, and plus, you know, you know this year was a new year for them. You know, with a new coach, a new coaching staff. You know, mm -hmm. uh, with the addition of C.D. Lamb. And, you know, key guys on the defense, I really thought that the Cowboys was going to be legit this year. But after, um, after, after what I see, what they did against the Browns, giving up 48 points to the Browns, losing to the Cardinals, and um, um, the other team that they lost to was the, um, if, um, the Washington football team. Like, how do you lose to Washington? But unfortunately, oh, no. unfortunately Andy Dawson left the game, due, you know, due to a concussion. But I just felt like, you know, the hype around them was so high this year. I really thought that, you know, right now, realistically, I really expected these guys to be 5-2 and two right now. You get what I mean? Um, as for, for the Patriots, I'm not really too surprised. You know, I knew after once when Brady leave, it was going to be a, a new rebuilding process for them. 
Um, you know, I just saw it coming, so I'm not really disappointed in them. Like, this is something that I saw coming from the start. So I just feel like right now, you know, by the page of being two and four right now, they're still learning, you know, it's new, you know, it's, it's new faces, it's a new system going on. So at the end of the day, yeah. I just feel like it's a disappointment to the, to the cowgirls than the Patriots. <laughs> you hit the nail right on the head with your take, Cam. I didn't really expect much with the Patriots being as how many players hit the COVID exempt list or opt out list. And overall, you know, they lost Brady, Gronk retired. Just the whole thing did not sit well with me. And, you know, I had, I was high on the bills taking that division. And then you look at the Cowboys and, and like I said, you hit the nail right on the head. Like they go out, they get the new coaching staff, which Cowboys fans have been complaining about for a decade with Garrett. And they revamped the whole staff in terms of that new DC. And then here comes the draft and somehow CD falls to them and they snag him. Just another offensive piece to add to that. And the line when healthy is elite, even with losing Frederick. So there was a lot of hype going into the season. Cowboys offense lived up to the hype through the first five weeks with Dak under center. The defense on paper with the moves they made in Everson Griffin and McCoy and Poe, it looked promising. Even though they lost Byron Jones in the secondary, they got digs. So there was, you know, promise there because he was one of the better cornerbacks in the draft. So overall, there was a lot of hype around the Cowboys. I thought they'd at least be a high caliber playoff team. I mean, they're still, quote, a playoff team contender because they're in the NFC East. <laughs> Other than that, they'd be bottom feeders in the, in the NFC East if that division wasn't so bad. So I honestly think the Cowboys were the clear-cut biggest disappointment. I got to disagree with both of y'all brothers here. I'm going to go with the New England Patriots, and I'm going to tell you why. First of all, it's not the fact that um, they don't have the talent. We all know they don't have the talent. And obviously, this is not a Cam Newton issue. We knew um, they were going to, you know, at least have some struggles here and there um, on the defense. Obviously, there's not a legitimate deep threat for Cam Newton to throw the ball to. That's why when people wanted to get on Brady, oh, he fell off the cliff. It was because there was nothing around him. Hello? Can we, lose, can we use our brain here? All right. Thank you very much. So I'm glad we, the whole world should know that by now. But back to this team. The reason why I am disappointed in this team is because I see a whole lot of uncharacteristic mistakes. It's the way how they are losing. When have we ever seen a Bill Belichick-led team be undisciplined and make unfundamental football plays? If anything, you can always count on the Patriots to be fundamentally sound. You had Brian Hoyer a couple games ago against the Chiefs getting sacked on the time where they, where they could have thrown the ball away and get a field goal. We don't normally see that by a Bill Belichick-led team. There was a lot of plays against the 49ers where guys was wide open. Guys, two defenders covering the same man, leaving somebody else wide open. You don't see these types of plays on a Bill Belichick team. Now, I didn't expect them to be great. I expected them to have a little life, but I don't expect the way how they lose it. Not to mention, they almost beat Seattle. There was one point in the season where people started to say, uh-oh, that's why you don't sleep on Bill Belichick. They could have won. It was one yard away from beating Seattle, changing that season around. So even though the COVID came, I still believe that Listen, they showed something. And for them to be getting smacked around by the Broncos and smacked around by the 49ers, <laughs> even though the 49ers are a good team at home, when was the last time you seen the two and four Patriots? I've been a Patriot fan for over a decade. I ain't see it. Yeah, uh, Kenny C., I know you weren't here on Thursday, but it's funny when we recorded, Will and I were actually agreeing on every topic. And I'm going to continue that trend here because I'm with Will. <laughs> 100% on this one. It's definitely the New England Patriots. And I'll tell you why. 
I think right now when we look at it, the Dallas Cowboys, you guys remember, going into the season, I, I didn't expect them to be this bad, but, like, I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. I didn't like the Mike McCarthy hire. I didn't expect their defense to be this bad. But when you look at it, you know, Mike Nolan, it makes sense. He was uh, a defensive coordinator in Atlanta for a couple of years. He was fired. Um, he was the reason why Mike McCarthy got into coaching. He brought Mike into the league in San Francisco back in the day. And that Cowboy defense right now is on pace to be the worst defense in the history of the NFL. So when I watch the Dallas Cowboys right now, they just look like a bad football team to me. When I look at New England, I'm with Lil. We saw what this team could possibly be the first two weeks of the season. They almost beat Seattle. They also dominated the Raiders at home. And the Raiders are a pretty, you know, they're a solid team. They're like a fringe playoff team. My thing is with, uh, with also what Lil said is that the AFC East, I think, is wide open. The Buffalo Bills couldn't score a touchdown on the Jets yesterday, and we saw what they could do against the best two team, uh, two of the be better teams in the conference in Tennessee and, and uh, Kansas City. And then I also think when you look at New England, you know, I think if they were – the AFC East is a, is a division that's not very good, so I thought if they were to play fundamentally well football, then they could get the job done. None of their young players are making any progress, really. Nikhil Harry looks like a bust. Julian Edelman looks like he's done. The tight end they drafted, uh, Asiasi from UCLA, can't even get active. That's a big mistake. Their offensive line has been a little disappointing. And even with all the opt-outs on defense, I expect their defense to be better. And Jeffrey Wilson running all over them yesterday was just not ideal. I think when you look at New England, I expected more from Bill Belichick. And the thing is, they're not completely out of it yet. And neither are Dallas, by the way. That's the crazy thing. Both of these teams could get right back into the race sooner rather than later. As we know, there's still, uh, you know, eight-plus games left. So we'll see how it goes. I just want to add this point in here real quick. Nah, nah, nah. Um, fact, go, go ahead, Cam. Go ahead, Cam. No, no, no. Because I don't understand you, you, you know, you patriot mogul. It's a new system. A new system. Your quarterback has been there for 20 plus years left to go to a different team. So you guys are incorporating a new system, you know, which, you know, which take time to develop. Am I right? Don't, mm. You know, don't no things take time to develop in order for it to, you know, progress. I just feel like, you know, you guys, yeah, just, you know, try to give Belichick a, you know, you just, a you pass. know, Belichick. Yeah. No, I'm not giving him, I'm not giving him a pass. I'm more disappointed in him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, Belichick was supposed to be – he is known he's as the greatest head coach of all time. So, it's like, we didn't pick – a lot of people – I didn't pick the Patriots um, to win the AFC East. I actually had Buffalo, but I had the Patriots making the playoffs as a 9-17. Right. But the majority of people, like Zach, he even said it in his speech, the majority of people picked the Patriots not because of a talent on the roster. We all know the talent is lacking, but because we trust in Bill Belichick, like the saying goes, in Bill Belichick, we trust. And the way how they are not – you know, communicating on defense and just fundamental errors that we don't normally see in a Patriots-led team is why we disappointed. But that's the why... The Cowboys I, always been dysfunctional. But that's why <laughs> I'm we not surprised. That's why yeah. I'm not surprised in the Patriots, though. Outside of their talented secondary, going into the season, yes, Bill Belichick is this great, high-mighty coach, the greatest of all time. But if you don't have any pieces, like, outside of a secondary, but, but here's yes, the thing, there was but some hype on Cam, but he had no offensive line, little to no offensive weapons. Wait, no, wait a minute. The defensive minute. front is not that good. Their, their offensive line is, was much improved on paper. Their offensive line is much improved from last year. They, uh, David Andrews at center is back healthy. 
safety. Same with Isaiah Wynn at left tackle. So that's number they one. Lost Cannon to, they lost Cannon to Colby. All right, but that, that's fine. The, the Patriots' offensive line is always good. You never expect that unit to be a weakness, especially when they gave Joe Tooney the bank in the franchise tag. And also, they brought in the kid uh, Demir Bird. They needed Edelman to – Give them at least a little more than he's giving Edelman them right cannot now. cannot create no separation right now no, whatsoever. No, whatsoever. Yeah, and, and neither could uh, Nikhil Harry. He, he looks like a bust. So uh, there are just so many different pieces around this New England Patriot team that I think uh, I'm disappointed in, man. Like Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and even Cam Newton, man. Like this is Cam's last chance, man, to be a starting quarterback. If this yeah. doesn't end well for him, he could All be right, But he's, he's been good. Better. He's been good every other week but Sunday. Sunday was, his, was the bust week for him. Not well, last he, said, week, he, said, he said last, after the game that he's afraid that his job's in jeopardy. So, my, my thing here yeah, is but, though, but we we know we look at both of these franchises. Like I said, are we shocked? There are a lot of times that the Cowboys had great teams. They had great teams. People have been picking them to win the Super Bowl for the last five years, for the last <laughs> five years, and they've been disappointing for the last five years. In the last ten years, you could say the last decade since Jimmy Johnson, they have been not exceeding expectations or living up to expectations. So I am not shocked that they're two and five because first of all, they had holes on that defense, but they wanted to be wide receiver hungry and draft CD lamb. They had other innovative coaches like Lincoln Riley or urban Meyer that they could have went to, but they decided to hire a guy with a played out offensive system who wanted to be innovative, wanted to change his style you, you wanted to test that on by hiring Mike McCarthy on that team. So I'm not surprised. The, the Patriots are known to be winners. Teams, a, a team that, you know, even when Tom Brady was out, I right, plug in Jimmy Garoppolo, plug in Brian Hoyer, plug in Jacoby Brissett, and they still going to win games. So this is – I'm just not surprised. I'm just not surprised because they lost so many pieces as a whole. Right. So many holes on defense. And like Cam said – you bring in Cam Newton when Bill Belichick is used to, for the last 20-plus years, a quarterback that's going to sit in the pocket and make quick, short throws. Not a quarterback that's a dual a threat or a mobile quarterback. Right. It's a I whole think, new scheme. I, to be honest, though, I think you could look at it that way or you could look at it in this sense. I think Bill Belichick has a lot to do with the fact that Tom Brady isn't the Patriots quarterback right now. I think Bill Belichick kind of wanted to move on and kind of prove to everyone that he was the big reason uh, the, the Patriots. Yeah, but no been- one's to say he was going to go out and get a guy like Cam. Right, yeah, listen, I was expecting Slitham to be the starter. I'm not done. Listen, so he gets – so he decides to move on from Tom Brady. Why? Right. Because Tom Brady is not mobile, and he wants a quarterback in 2020 that could play in 2020, you know, the mobile-style quarterback. That's the more athletic type. Who's the best quarterback for you to get with that? Cam Newton. That's how I look at it. Wait, but remember, a few years ago, he drafted Jimmy G to replace Tom Brady. What happened? Tom Brady got upset that he feared that his job was on the line, so they ended up trading Jimmy G to San Fran. So, I mean... Right, and I, whose I, decision was that? And whose decision was that? Robert it Kraft. It wasn't Bill Belichick. It wasn't Bill Robert Belichick. Robert Kraft's decision, bro. <laughs> yeah. But, look. but at the end of the day, he, like, going into the season, right before Cam got picked up, everyone is, was expecting, all right, like, it's Stidham's time. <laughs> And then they went out and made that curveball move and got Cam. Now, I showed also, you they were trying to win. But they, they, were still, exactly. they were still they battling out in the camp as well. That, that shows was, you they wanted and there to was win. A lot, there was a lot riding on Cam with the fact that his injuries were a huge problem. Going to this right, season, but this has you nothing to do with injuries. You can't tell me that you expected Cam to, to ball out. Like, there was a right. lot of questions. No, but he's been awful. At one point, 
at one was point, we were talking mark. about how good Cam looked when they went up against Seattle. Where's all that hypeness at? Where, where is that's it? When the it's not here no more. Yeah, that's what I'm right? talking about. The but they showed life. The Cowboys, the, the Cowboys, listen, the Cowboys right here, right? First of all, they look like a team that flat out quit weeks ago. Their quarterback is getting, yeah. you know, shanked, all right, by a defensive lineman getting his head taken off, and they just – Oh, you see Amari Cooper looking like, oh, damn. That's <laughs> your that's quarterback. Now. Go help him out. That's now. You know what I'm saying? They look we're like a team that about, quit. We're talking about before the season. Are we right. Where we no, no, no. Hey, we're talking we're about as a whole. We're not talking right about now, seven weeks Two in. and five and two and four. Who are we most disappointed with? Yes, exactly. the Cowboys. The Patriots. Yes, the Cowboys. Yes, the high line. The high line. five line with arguably the most dynamic offensive. Bro, their defense, the the defense is the worst in history, bro. Yeah. Almost. Going into the season, people didn't think that way. That was a middle-of-the-road defense. Right. So, so wait a minute. Right so you see that start. I don't know how. The pieces they made, the pieces they got on that defensive well, line minute, were expected to be good. I don't Okay, that's fine. Gerald okay. McCoy and Dontre Poe. All right, Where's listen, but none of those guys – Okay, but none of those guys are playing. So you look at it, right? I yeah, kind of – Wait, listen, though, listen, though. I think you kind of look at it like Will said. We It kind of hit me like – I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I was never that high on Dallas to begin with. The fact that you – not you guys said it. Not only did they lose to Washington, they got blown out by Washington, right? And New right. England – I understand it's to San Francisco, but it's one of those things where you look at it is – this is Cam. This is it for Cam, man. Like this is it. And if he doesn't succeed this season, I don't see him getting another job. You look at Dallas. Even when Dak was healthy, their defense was, as Will said, historically bad. They were never going to do anything with that unit yeah, anyway. And, and with that coach as well. Dak always I'm, kept the game close for them, though. Dak always drove the ball down the field to me. Look against the Falcons. Dak brought them back and won the game. Against um the Giants, Dak brought them back and won the game. So what are you guys telling me? We, we're telling that you right now that the Patriots right. are okay, but, more but with disappointing. that defense, that was never winning anything anyway. Yeah, but but exactly. if, you look, exactly. if you look at the moves that they made going into the season, you thought, okay, like Wait, if the D-line looks that hurt, good on those, paper, and, and, and another thing too, looks all that those, two, those two games, those two games that Dallas won were comeback games. They could have right. been all and all that. So how are we disappointed? That's my point. How are we yeah. disappointed with the Cowboys when two of those games were comeback games? Atlanta, they know how to blow games. They know how to blow leads. That's not no. That's not no issue. <laughs> and they came back again. So they they wasn't a good team from the jump street. Yo, just the imagine giving up Cleveland. Just imagine but, giving up fifty to Cleveland at home and thinking you're a playoff team. Exactly. I'm just disappointed in how bad the defense is played. We knew this defense wasn't good, but no one knew it would be this bad. Right. Come on. Well, it was from the well, okay, well, expecting to be a 25 and up ranked well, defense. I, I figured it out in week two that they weren't very good. I didn't expect them to be good to begin with, and I, it didn't take me much time, as Will said. The Patriots, but you're telling I was me, looking at them they, early in the season. The moves that they, the move that they made in getting Lamb. With that offense, you didn't at least expect them to be a playoff team. Well, you gotta stop somebody. No, because you gotta stop somebody. Parky's their coach. Exactly. That's why the Cowboys has been a recipe for disaster for the last couple of years. (laughs) Right now, we're in 2020. This is the disaster year, so it's only fitting that the disaster franchise is going to show to be a disaster in a disaster year that is 2020. So, are we surprised? Literally. Come on. So, hold on. So, you're not surprised that your boy Bill Belichick is 2-4 and four right now. Let me refresh your memory. Uh, the year 2002, remember, the 
Patriots went two and four at one point. Two thousand and two, Cam. Right. Right. Where are we yeah. on right now? Yeah. Twenty twenty. That's eighteen history. years ago. Okay, what Did does history do? You got something better? History repeats itself. Yes. You got something better? That's eighteen years ago. I wasn't oh. even. Well, I was born. But, you know, I was a young boy. Okay, I was a young boy. All right. That that's that's how many years ago? You got to go that back so what, in the history wait, to bring that up. What's the point though? That happened eighteen years ago, and what? History repeats exactly. itself, as in like the Patriots was in a similar situation. How many things happened? And, in and the what world happened the following year? Following year, what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being a pandemic. Okay, and who, wait a minute, wait a minute. And who is Patriots? It was Tom Brady. How many? What is, has Tom Brady? And how many Super Bowls Patriots. had the Patriots won since that point? Okay. Uh, okay. okay. Exactly. All right. To shave Cam. To shave Cam. <laughs> we'll move on to the next topic. <laughs> In the battle of the 5-0 and teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Tennessee Titans in a close game at the end, 27-24. to Our reaction to this and where we ranked the Steelers, first and foremost, I just wanted to say that the Titans' defense was absolute dog crap on third down. Third and 11, they end up allowing a score on that. Next drive, third and 14 and third and 12 are both converted on the same drive, and it ends in a Benny Snell rushing touchdown. They're, they're down a quick 14 nothing. 13 for 18 on third down. I mean, absolute garbage. Tannehill and Henry prove why they are carrying this Titans team right now. The defense is not bad, but the way they played yesterday was pretty damn bad. Then the, the Steelers... They kind of slipped off by like the nine-minute mark in the third. They only had 55 yards of total offense. So they were not looking too good. But overall, through and through, you know, obviously Goskowski shanks the kick. The Steelers proved that, you know, they're going to hang tough to the end with that defense. And they, to me, are the second-ranked team in the AFC right now. I um, I would – oh, basically – we still here? We still here? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, first of all, I got to address the elephant in the room. There's a big-ass elephant in this daggone room, and he needs to be addressed. Steven Gaskowski, bring that ass here, boy. <laughs> bring that ass here. All right, this boy had an awful behind year this year. After his horrible opening Monday night, I dropped him for my fantasy team. I got to keep it real. I dropped that boy like a hot potato in my fantasy league when he missed those field goal kicks. So, you know, there was a point in the season where I'm like, all right, he's probably going to start to get his rhythm back at some point. And then you miss you miss a, a game-tying full goal after your team worked hard to come back into that game when they looked like they were dominated in all assets of the game and all you had to do was make a daggone kick. Literally, he's 1-5 in, in the 40, 49-yard range this year. I mean, come on, Lowest what's going on? goal percentage in the league, too. Literally. All right, I don't know what's going on. But anyway... Back to the question at hand. Where should the Steelers be ranked in the AFC picture? I'm going to say they should be ranked number three in the AFC picture behind the Kansas City Chiefs and behind the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, I'm still drinking that Baltimore Ravens Kool-Aid. Wow. Oh, I mean, wow. The reason why wow. I am is uh-huh. because I, I like the move of Yannick Ngakwe. Um, I believe that having him, you don't have to rush. You, you don't have to rush so many guys. Obviously, you can, you know, you know, drop back in coverage and try to, you know, contain guys like Mahomes and Big Ben by dropping into coverage. He gives you the the, the um, flexibility to do such a thing. And also, you know, the, the general manager, Costa 
previously came out and said that they are not done adding to that team in free agency. We all know they need another wide receiver. I believe he knows, and he says they're going to be active. So watch out for, you know, them getting a guy like Will Fuller from the Texans or even a Brandon Cooks to be that three that, that um, Lamar Jackson needs. So I think they're going to continue to add to this team. Obviously, you got the defending Super Bowl champs. They still want to be – you want to have to literally knock them out. You know, right now, they, 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 at times they stumble, but you really got to knock them out in order to get them out of there. So the Steelers, even though they look good, I'm, I'm, I still think they're going to be a, a good team. They rank number three for me for now. Yeah, for me, I think I would kind of agree with Kenny C. I would put the Steelers as a 1A right behind the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I say it for this reason. I just think the Steelers could beat you in many different ways, unlike the Baltimore Ravens. I do think if the Ravens get down 10 points, the game's a wrap, it's over. I don't think Lamar Jackson could lead a comeback uh, to that number. But when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think there's even a chance I could possibly rate them at the top of the AFC at the one spot. I mean, I know Devin Bush got hurt uh, with their defense, and if you could stop the blitz, then you could pass on their defense. And I think, you know, most likely you give Kansas City the edge. But I just think Pittsburgh has a defense that if anyone is going to stop Pat Mahomes, it's them. And they have a Hall of Fame quarterback. And if he needs to make a big play, we'll see what happens. I love the development of Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool. And Deontay Johnson was back yesterday. He looked good. Um, you know, I, I like the Steelers team, man. I do. I think their defense is phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, I would have them as a 1A right behind uh, Kansas City. And they play Baltimore this week, so we'll see how it goes. Dear Zach, don't ever say that statement again. Don't ever say Steelers could beat the Chiefs, okay? Why? Yeah. Who else in the AFC could? Why? Who else in the AFC could beat nobody, the Chiefs? Nobody. No, I'm saying this right Nobody. Nobody in the AFC <laughs> could beat that Kansas City Chiefs. Right, I don't no. Know how no. About and that's, that why, and that's why I have the Chiefs number one. I just think if anyone could beat – I, that's why I'm saying if anyone can beat Kansas City, it's Pittsburgh. I agree. They they could hang tough. They could definitely hang tough. But they'll they be a close the job done. They it'll be a close one. I say the Chiefs. I just think they have a great done. defense and a Hall of Fame quarterback. I like my chances, and I'm sure they do too. Well, I said for the Steelers, I, I'm gonna have to ring them number two behind the Chiefs for sure. The Chiefs will always be number one because as long as Pat Mahomes and company is on that field, ain't nobody stopping them. But I just feel like, you know, with Big Ben coming back from injury last year, guys, as you can tell, you know, he came back from an elbow injury that he suffered last year in week two. Um, right now, he's looking real good. He's looking real good. I mean, the defense playing solid, even though that they lost Devin Bush to a torn ACL, you know, last week. I mean, right now, they've really been playing well, especially with the backups, um, with the backup linebacker that, that played yesterday. They, they did a outstanding job stopping Derrick Henry. Um, only limited him to only 20 carry to 75 yards. So that was a plus right there for me. Um, you know, Lil, just like you said, Gronkowski, bring that ass here, boy. Don't ever kick for the Tennessee Titans ever again because that was, that was terrible. How do you miss an easy field goal, an easy game time field goal at that to send the game to overtime? Damn, man. Like, honestly, that hurts more than a heartbreak, honestly. That, that hurts more than a girl breaking my heart right now because how do you miss a game time field goal? Cam, I'll give you a I'll give you a conspiracy theory. I think that missed kick was a little bit of karma for the NFL not uh, pu- uh, punishing the Titans enough for their uh, COVID. <laughs> like, and Whatever I, it is, Gagowski, I really do that. you gotta do better than that, man. You gotta do better. I'm pretty sure Mike is very upset with that. Oh, um, Kenny C. I know he's yeah. living, but um, you know, you think about all the money 
that's involved in sports behind the scenes. It's good to gamble. Check that out. We mm-hmm. all know that a lot of people lives hang in the balance of you making a daggone kick. We don't know because we live in the, you know, the surface. We see yeah. the sports going on, but we don't know what's behind the surface, ladies and gentlemen. So damn it, Gukowski, you need to make the kicks, brother. I you you really do. I don't ever kick again or just retire. Something like that. One or two. You got the options right there. But look, <laughs> I think as we have a minute left before we move on to the next topic, um, I think that look, the Ravens, we gonna we gonna continue to underestimate them. Yes, I know that we showed the ability to come back from behind. But like I said, I do uh, like the pickup that they made. I do think they're gonna continue to add to the roster. You're probably gonna have Des Bryant. Um, even though he hasn't played in three years, you might also add, along with Des Bryant, you may get another toy for Lamar. And look, man, like I said, they had the Steelers number the last couple of years. Obviously, Big Ben was not playing, but I do believe that the Ravens are going to do they, – they hear the noise. They're coming off a bye. They're probably going to win next week. They have a whole, you know, couple of weeks to prepare for the Steelers team. And I think the Steelers are in for a rude awakening, a little wake-up call by the Ravens. But – um. We're going to go on a commercial break, and when we come back, we got some more topics. Ladies and gentlemen, this is In the Huddle. <laughs> 